asked for Christian McCaffrey, I told him, hey, just let me look at your team, take anyone I want to take, and as many players as I want to take, and then you can have Christian McCaffrey. 100%. Yeah, we can always make that happen. Now it's time for the two-on-one, a fantasy football podcast, the official podcast of the Super Friends League. Bad boy good. boy good. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the two-on-one, a fantasy football podcast. I'm your commish, Tommy Moe, and alongside me is everyone's best friend, Dominic Rickard. Our host, Steven, could not make it tonight, but the show must go on. So let's get right to it with a recap of week six with NFL Quick Hits. NFL Quick Hits. New England continues to dominate the NFL, but not with their offense, but with one of the best defensive displays we've seen in recent memory. We knew Chicago statistically wouldn't repeat as a top defense this year, but I don't think anyone thought the Pats defense would be this good. Christian McCaffrey is looking like the early MVP favorite as Carolina got their payback win over Tampa Bay. Godwin and Evans remain fantasy viable while Jameis sinks back into fantasy mediocrity. Speaking of mediocrity, Tennessee failed to score any points last week and Mariota was finally benched for Ryan Tannehill, which continues into week seven as Tannehill has been named the starter. Tyreek Hill is back with a bang, but not a big enough bang to get the win over Houston. Deshaun Watson took control, running in two touchdowns and spreading the ball around. Although we told you last week to be wary of Fuller, no one expected him to drop three easy touchdown passes. Lastly, San Francisco remains the only unbeaten team in the NFC, putting the hurt on the Rams at home in LA, where it looked more like a 49ers home game and both the 49ers and the Chargers home games were filled with opposing teams fans, a real black eye on the LA fan base. Now for an injury update. Bye-bye, Disley. It's looking like Will Disley will be out for the year with an Achilles injury, a huge blow to a fantasy position that has been disappointing as usual. James Conner left the game with a quad injury, and thankfully he has a bye week to rest. Amari Cooper also has a new quad injury and is 50-50 for week seven. And we knew it was just a matter of time before Sammy Watkins would be injured again. He's already been ruled out for Thursday night football with a lingering hamstring injury from last week. In better news, Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram practice today and could be ready for this Sunday's game. But the last and scariest of them all, Alvin Kamara is dealing with a high ankle sprain that may keep him out of week seven. Dr. Jesse Morris believes there's a 25% chance he plays this week. Continue to monitor the podcast Twitter handle at 2on1FFBpodcast for updates on all these injuries. So Dominic, with all that news, the one thing I have to ask you about is if San Francisco is the real deal this year. Their defense is the real deal, 100%. That front line with Bosa, I mean, he looks better than his brother, I'm sorry to say, for Chargers fans. He looks a little bit stronger and uh, a little, I mean, I would even say a little bit quicker and he doesn't seem to have the same injury concerns. Uh, I still think, I mean, you can't argue. I think Garoppolo's records like 13 and two or something like that. Now he's definitely a a, a plus game manager at worst, but like, I want to see him, you know, later in the season when home fields on, on the line and times get tough on the road, can he be the one to lead him back? That's the only question I have, but their defense definitely legit. So does he get a little bit of leeway for not being the best performing quarterback because in your book, because he's a winner? <laughs> you know, I love, I do love me some winners. Um, that I, I did want to circle back to your, uh, your intro. If Mariota doesn't start again for another team and resurrect his career, is he not considered one of the biggest busts of all time? Yeah, I mean, it's not as bad as, you know, we can talk about Jamarcus Russell. I think yeah, he'll always take, kind of take not. that cake. But, but I'm talking like worse than Matt Leinart almost. Yeah, it's bad. And and they really gave him a shot. There, there was no other excuses for him to not be as good as, like, dare I say, Jameis Winston. But he's just not doing it, you know. And I, and I think maybe... He does get one more shot, you know, because at the end of the day, he's still a first round quarterback. Um, was he the second pick in the end of that draft right after Jameis? So yeah, the Redskins will take him right now. 
exactly right so there has to be a team out there that will give them another shot it just doesn't look good but at the same time um you know to play devil's advocate for marcus a little bit he has had a consistent rotation of of offensive coordinators and play callers you know so it always we always talk about like it 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 takes time uh for a quarterback in a new system to really gel so if you want to write a book on how to destroy a good quarterback i think look at Mariota's case like you said so many coordinators so many head coaches and then a shambles of an offensive line for so many I think the dude just got hurt early and he was like yo I don't like getting hit like this and I don't think he's he that's always to me when I watch his game but he show you know he'll show flashes of brilliance but then he'll revert back to you know two three turnovers a game and it's just sad man I'm I had high hopes for him especially being a Pac-12 kid Pac-12 kids, Simone kid, yeah, we, we ride for for Marcus, but it's 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 been rough. We we wish the best for him, and and hopefully he gets another shot again. Yeah. So Dom, what's your quick hit for this week? So my quick hit, you know me, I like to wrap things back around. Um, in the I think week three on the pod, we I talked about how many drops I was noticing watching the game, and then I kind of asked you, was it lack of preseason? Um, is you know. What, what we thought it was, but I wanted to get an update on that on my quick hit. So uh, I want to, I will focus on who has the most catches with the least amount of drops this year. I got the top six right here. I want to know Tommy, if you can get probably two or three, I'd be pretty impressed. So that's most catches without a drop this without, season without a drop. I believe the like last consecutive cast, like since his last drop. And I believe the last time you brought this up, was it like week three I think that it was like guys like John Ross were up there for like no yep. drops. Um, no, no, he had he was leading with drops. He was leading with drops. That's right. That's yes. right. So this is the least amount of consecutive drops. Yes, mm. I think you can get two or three if you thought about it. Is Amari Cooper one of them? No, he's not. Oh, okay, that's okay. a good guess though. I got to yeah, give. Yeah, I think a couple of drops. That's why I got to give him a chance. You know, no more fancy <laughs> look. We got to give him a shot. All right, uh, let's go. Ooh. Is Keenan Allen one of them? Ooh, I would I would think he would be, but he is not as well. Okay. I mean, the the only other one I could really think of like easily would think, it should be think targets. Think, think targets. Targets. Michael Thomas? Yes, he's number one with okay. 53 catches with no drops. Wow. That's impressive. Of course. Uh, that's that's him. He doesn't drop the ball. Can't guard Mike. That's why it's his uh his Twitter handle. Um, let's see. And we're going to the targets. Oh, Chris Godwin? Number two, perfect. Oh. 43. Right. And then the next two, I'll say don't play the same position as the first two. Oh, okay. Um, oh, uh, uh, Austin Hooper? Yep. Ooh, doing good, doing good. We're rolling, we're rolling. Are you, are you Googling it now? Like, I am not. Like this, is all order. Order. <laughs> this is all off the dome. You're getting uh, them in order. The, uh, the position the position change uh, definitely helped. Um, yeah. I guess our up for number four, are we still sticking at the same position? Can I go no, a hint? different position? Different now. position. Okay. Mm, who's been catching a ton of balls and not dropping them? Is it a running back? Yep. Okay. Okay. Is it Devontae Freeman? Oh, no. It's Austin Eckler. Oh, I should have known that. You know, the last and couple then, of games, I think that's what threw me off. And then uh, he's got uh, 43. And then Tyler Boyd, 40. And then this is the one uh, I didn't think anyone would get, but Darren Waller, 37. Yeah. That was going to be just paid him. killer payday. What was it again? Yeah. Do you remember? Uh, I think it was like a three or four year extension. I don't remember the dollars on it, though. Yeah, that's that's stellar for the Raiders. They need to do that. They need to lock up a guy like him, especially if he continues to produce this way. He continues to be successful in his sobriety and, and, and his focus for the game and you know, he, he's got that chip on his shoulder. So hopefully getting paid, you know, doesn't take away that chip. I think he still has it. All right, Tommy. So do you want to get into fantasy football talk? Yeah, let's do it. So this week and, and the past two weeks, actually, Steve, our, our host, has been uh, having us focus on, on t- talking about teams and, you know, and teams that have a lot of fantasy viable players and, you know, kind of doing a spotlight on, on where those teams are at. So I think this week, a great team to talk about will be the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, they started the season hot, uh, paid D- Dak Prescott, you know, new new offensive coordinator. Uh, everyone was loving, you know, what the Cowboys had to offer. And then 
the last couple of weeks just going on a skid, um, losing to to the Saints, the Packers, and then the Jets of all people, the Jets. So, you know, Dominic, with with how that's been going and how the switch, you know, has really gone from from amazing to what the hell's going on so fast. Um, you know, how, how what are you thinking about the Cowboys looking forward, moving forward um, from a fantasy perspective? Yeah, well, let's not forget the first three games they played all losing teams, some yep. of the worst teams in the NFL. And then the last three games they played winning teams. So that has something to do with it. Um I think they were just so high and feeling so good that the the defense relaxed a little bit. I mean, they do have a couple injuries on the defensive line and the linebacking core, but in even in the secondary, but I I'm more so shocked by how bad the defense has been the last three games. I think the offense is just trying to find themselves. They already know who they are. They're run Zeke, Zeke 30 times a game, get them 35 touches and play action pass hit Witten coming across the middle for 15, 20 yards and then stretch it out with Gallup and freaking Amari's a great possession receiver. Like yep. that's the formula. Look at San Francisco. That's the formula. You have a good defense and then they need to get up on people early and then let that, those D linemen loose, but they haven't been doing that the last three games. So I'm more worried about the defense than I am the offense. So if, on a fantasy perspective, I think everyone's still viable. I think the only one you have to worry about is Dak, but if you're starting Dak, you're starting you're choosing him over like Jared Groff and guys like that and who are not as reliable as well so he could go off and have you know he could get a rushing touchdown and two three passing touchdowns every game so I, I he's the only one I'd worry about I'd fire up Gallup I'd fire up Amari if he's healthy but yeah. I, I'd keep an eye on that and then uh Witten ah, I'm not I'm not a big fan he might get a touchdown every now and again to get him into 12 points but I mean what do you think well, I think you're absolutely right with the defense, you know, and for, for especially last week uh, for the Jets to come out right away and punch them in the mouth. You know, they went up uh, pretty quick, getting 21 points in the first half. You know, it's 21 to six going into the half. And and yeah, you know that I think coming into the season, especially with that linebacking quarter, yeah, I think people are expecting a lot more from that defense. And and they were definitely high, a high ranked defense going into the uh, start of the season and, and you're right too though you have to look at who they played and there's definitely people calling it out on twitter you know that yeah the cowboys are doing great and they're putting up great numbers but look at the schedule you know and i think that's like a big thing uh with fantasy that people will overlook you know is, is really that matchup and think certain guys are are matchup proof you know and, and to some extent we've seen that with certain players but i think this year uh is really speaking to like no one is really that matchup proof you know, save for like just a handful of players in the league. And Amari is, is doing great. Like I said I, earlier, you know, I can't call him fantasy locus anymore because the guy's been consistent this year. The only thing that's really going to slow him down is, is is these injuries. The newest one that's happening with his quad, you know, it, it is kind of coming out of nowhere a little bit. So, um, and he said, they said he was in a lot of pain. And, and so it's something to be monitored moving forward. Uh, I think a lot of people were hoping for a little bit more from Michael Gallup last week. But if he needs to step up, I think he will. So like you said, I, I totally agree. Uh, like you said, Dak's the only one that I'm really worried about. Zeke is a must-start every week, no matter what. Um, has a tough one this week against Philadelphia's run defense, which gives him the fourth fewest fantasy points to the running back position. So, you know, look at the rest of the schedule moving forward with these guys. Make sure it's a good matchup. You know, with the bye week in week eight, uh, it, it's – not looking that much better. You know, they got to play Minnesota, Detroit, New England, Buffalo, Chicago, uh, the Rams defense and the Philly again, you know, so tough sledding moving, you know, moving forward. So I, I really, really watch where, uh, where, what these guys are doing, you know, and, and if it continues to look this bad, especially that schedule, might one can might want to consider selling a couple of these guys pretty high if you can. Yeah. Just to wrap up the segment, I will say, the Jets were the best 0-4 team in the NFL. They're not <laughs> yeah. as what their record showed. Obviously, their quarterback had mono for making out with those New Jersey girls in the clubs. But they looked good the first game. Their defense, you know, when you know your offense is going to be crap, when you're starting a guy that you hired off the practice squad, like, you know you're going to be in for a long one, and that's what happened. And so the Jets were better than, you know, people gave them credit for, so don't think the Cowboys are sinking uh and yeah just keep an eye on those matchups that's a tough schedule that you when you went down it yeah you know and that's what really scares me and like i said i don't don't think anyone besides zeke might be matchup proof 
Um, but it's just, it's crazy how fast things have changed in the last three weeks, you know? Yeah, for sure. So with that, why don't we get into fancy studs from week six? Uh, who do you got for last week, Dominic? Hey, stud. My stud last week. I mean, uh, the reason I put him on here is because he's going back to back 40 plus games. Uh, Matt Ryan, he had 356 passing four TDs, uh, 41 point game. And, uh, He's still lost. <laughs> so uh, he's very fantasy relevant and he's a great fantasy player, but something's not right. I don't understand how you're not winning games when you have that receiving core. And Dan Quinn's a defensive coach and they're not playing defense. Team not at he, all. I'm thinking he's on the hot seat pretty bad, man. Even their their star linebacker, Deion Jones, uh, is not playing up to his potential or at least how he played last year. We talked about Keanu Neal, you know, and I, and I think we said out a couple of weeks ago, you know, once Kiana goes out in the last couple of years, it's happened. The defense takes a real big dip. And I think, you know, he's I think because a guy like that uh, is not just a talented player, but also, you know, a leader on that defense. Uh, something definitely happens uh, where where they need to start rallying. But um, I guess the good thing for fantasy perspective is that defense is so bad that they're always playing from behind. And and most of Matt Ryan's points this season have come in the second half when he's playing from behind in garbage time and, and, and opportunities where they can still win the game, you know, so it's not fully garbage time, but he's going to sling it and they're going to go to him at the end of the game every single week, you know, so I put it up on Twitter uh, a few weeks ago and didn't actually end up happening, you know, the, to kind of just be patient. His, his points are going to come, um, especially when they're behind. But I think, you know, the showed last week, it's definitely true. And man, to put up like those stats, man, to put up that many, that many yards and points, and still lose is just is just sad. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, no help. Oh man. So so my stud from last week was Stefan Diggs. I uh, go eleven targets for seven receptions for 167 yards, three touchdowns, three great touchdowns, uh, including a toe tapper in the end zone, uh, two rushes for 18 yards for a total of 42 PPR points. What a day from Diggs, especially given how all the trade rumors have been going around, uh, how Dig owners have been frustrated, you know, and and wanting to trade him but not being able to really get great value for him. So uh, I think if you're able to trade him now, it's definitely a perfect sell high window uh, if you can get some some good value for him. Um, you know, it, it is kind of looking up for for Minnesota's pass catchers. You know, they're going to start throwing the ball a little bit more, but. You know, with how things have been so volatile with Diggs, I definitely would consider selling them. Yeah, he's getting that Izzo booty, so it's getting his mind right. <laughs> Boyfriend on the Minnesota <laughs> Uh So I'll roll into my my dud. I got a, a big dud this week for a lot of fantasy owners out there. <laughs> you got the dud! When they found out that Todd Gurley was going to be a late scratch and you didn't have your handcuff because someone else picked him up, this is the time to start Malcolm Brown, right? Todd Gurley's out. They're playing, uh, you know, a defense is going to try to control the ball, but maybe we. This is you're going to get full workload. And so my stud was Malcolm Brown. He had 11 rushes for 40 yards, not a bad average. I mean, you know, the game got away from him, but only four fantasy points when he was the known starter going into it. And I know he disappointed a lot of fantasy owners out there. Do you think the at this point they're they're just focusing on the pass game? You know, and and running the ball is like second, you know, second hand in in uh, L.A. Yeah, I think that has to do with that's kind of the mindset in camp and and in the first couple of games of limiting Gurley's touches. But I think he's just going to have to earn their confidence back more and more and just get a little bit more touches each game. And then he'll, you know, crank up in the 25, 30 range and they'll be happy with where he's at. They just don't want to lose him in the playoffs like they did. And so. I think it will ramp up, but uh, I think that was the mentality, definitely. Yeah. And then, you know, Malcolm Brown's bad game, too. Is it like, is it, you know, more of an indicator of, like, this is who Brown is? You know, he's not yeah, really that great, and it's, it's not the system thing. Todd Gurley's really that good, you know, or just, like, kind of how the game went and didn't really no, go I definitely way. think Malcolm Brown is not as good as everyone thinks he – they don't think – everyone thought he was definitely as good as C.J. Anderson – yeah. CJ Anderson ran really well in this offense. Like yeah. he's a between the tackles type guy. And when he brought that toughness, I mean, I thought Malcolm Brown had it too, but he's like I said, he didn't have a bad average. Maybe he just needs more touches, but 
I definitely think that he's taken a step back from CJ, what CJ did for him last year. Well, and I think it's real interesting too, with all the hype that Daryl Henderson was getting, you know, and we definitely talked about him in the off season, yep. you know, that this is the perfect opportunity, you know, if he's going to, to get the ball, to get in the game and do something and, and he's not. And so, you know, for a dynasty perspective, it makes me real worried about, you know, how good of a player Daryl Henderson really is. No, I think it'll be fine. I just think in a McVay offense, it's very complex. And when you're getting third string reps, it, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to learn the offense and be trusted on a lot of, and I'm sure he's not that good on pass pro like Brown and Gurley are. So I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. And, you know, people have been figuring out and Groff's been off lately. You've seen him miss a couple of throws deep. Like he missed that one to Everett last week. That was a Mm -hmm. touchdown to win the game. And uh, I think Groff is just feeling feeling the pressure because his offensive line's crumbling too. That doesn't help the run game either. The, both right. their tackles, I think, are hurt. Man, they were just getting pushed around last week. Yeah, that they're not even facing Aaron Donald uh, in practice anymore. They're like, oh no, man. <laughs> yeah, my dud for week six is Gardner Minshew. Minshew mania taking a hit. Worst game by far this season for him. Uh, going 29 attempts for only 14 completions for only 163 yards, zero touchdowns for one interception for six points. Wow. Terrible. Shut down by the Saints of all teams who give up the 12th most fantasy points to the quarterback position. This should have been a good game. I, I It was really hot for uh, DJ Chark and D.D. Westbrook. Um, I knew one of them was going to get Marshawn Lattimore, so I was kind of hoping DD would have a good game. But yeah, nothing just ha- you know nothing happened, and and I guess it just makes me worried because it wasn't against you know a stellar defense, but the Saints came out and played hard, and you know hopefully they could bounce back this week. But a huge dud, especially for teams that that needed to roster someone like Gardner, you know, because other players got hurt, you know, Drew Brees or whatever. Um, or in like a two quarterback league, you know, and you're really relying on Gardner. So, yeah, that that definitely hurt last week. You could say this about a lot of defenses, but if uh, you can't run the ball against New Orleans, they're a really good defense. Like you need to run mm-hmm. the ball against them to slow those ends down. But if they're up in a lead, they have a lockdown quarter, like you said, in Lattimore. And then they have, uh, you know, two DNs that can get up the field. Uh, Cameron is a beast. He can play outside, inside. And he can put pressure on a bull rush and on a speed rush, and he can cover back out of the backfield. So they're 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 a sneaky defense when they get up on you, and that's usually what Drew Brees would do. Teddy Bridgewater is more of a game manager, but right. he he might be. I, I don't know. Like I don't want to say comeback player of the year because he already came back, but he 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 is definitely the best backup, and he proved it over yep. this four game stretch. Yeah, and when he was available on the waiver wire, you know we had him. As a high waiver priority, you know, high fab uh, tier guy, uh, when other people didn't, you know, because I, th- he's he's producing, you know, and he's gonna be a quarterback that's gonna, you know, be starting for most of the season until Drew comes back. But he's gonna be good, you know, and he's gonna get the ball to Mike Thomas, uh, and he's gonna play well. But like, yeah, I totally agree. You need to you need to run the ball on most teams in the NFL. You need to have a balanced offense, even if it's a 60-40 split. You still need to run the ball effectively. Because whenever you're one-dimensional, especially if it turns into just passing league, these defenses, these these defensive backs are, are too good, and, and the scheme is too good, and they're going to stop you every time. So, you know, even though, and then we tweeted it out, even though, you know, it's been talked about as the NFL turning to a passing league, you know, you still need to have fundamental football and run the ball. So since we're on duds and we're already talking about the Saints, I would say early – dud of the season so far would have to be Kamara, bro. If you took him with your second, third, fourth pick, yeah, the production that you're getting out of him so far this year, I mean, everyone loves Kamara, so it's kind of going under the radar, but would you agree with me? He's he's pretty big bust this year. I mean, I think bust, relative bust, you know, like you're saying from, from that perspective um, of where you took him, you know, what you're expecting from him. I mean, his floor has been still around like 10 to 12 points. You know, he did have a six point game against the Rams, uh, which was pretty bad. But, but yeah, overall, I mean, his touchdowns have been way, way down. And it, it's weird because, like, he's still running really well. He's still 
getting the ball a ton. His usage is really good. His snap uh, share is still really good, but it's just not translating to fantasy success. And and I don't know what it is, you know. And I think it was like week four against Dallas where the guy was having just amazing runs, like showing the slow motion replay. And the guy's super smooth, and he's running the rock great, but he's not getting a ton of yards, and he's not breaking free, and he's not scoring touchdowns, and um, you know he's not getting a ton of catches. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think yeah, relative bust. You know, I mean, he's still someone you can still roster most weeks. Uh, there'll be a tough one this week against Chicago. I mean, you're still starting him every week, and he's like you said, his floor is still. I'm looking at all his games. He had a six point game, which yeah. is probably what I'm remembering the most. But 13, 16, 11, and then he had a 36 and a 23-point game. So, I mean, he's th- ranked 31 overall. But I'm just saying, you see what Christian McCaffrey is doing. Right. And, you know, that's who you could have gotten instead. And it's just night and day. So, that's kind of, you know, even Zeke would fall under the same category as Kamara. Just not getting the production that you thought you'd be getting in the first six weeks. It's been crazy. I mean, you can look at you know Saquon even without the injury. It's not. It's not like last year. You know, it's not this this huge like rush of running backs just killing it. You know, every single week across the board. And so I think that speaks to like game plan and defenses trying to shut down the best player on the opposing team. But at the same time. Yeah, I don't know what to do. You know, um, I wouldn't want to trade him. Uh, it's kind of hard to to give up a player like that. But if you can sell high and get a really nice two for one, you know, if you need to make your team better, nah, you know, man, I don't know. You, you might want to. You can't it. get rid of Kamara. I've seen a couple trades. I'm just saying. If you're so. a smart fantasy football player, probably yes. But if you're a <laughs> diehard like me, you ride and die with that. You crash and burn. I love it. So uh, before we get into starts for next week, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor. All right, Dom, let's uh, let's get to week seven and who's your start of the week. My start of the week is pretty much any Rams receiver. I think it's going to be a redemption week against Atlanta, but if I have to pick one, I'm going to have to go with the top one right now, Cooper Cup. So my start of the week is Cooper Cup. Free nuggets. Technically, he's the second receiver behind, actually second or third behind Brandon Cooks. And so we know how Atlanta has been facing against uh, receivers this year. So that's my start of the week. Who do you got? Nice. Yeah, I got Leonard Fournette this week. He has a real juicy matchup at Cincinnati who gives up the most fantasy points to the running back position. Week two, they gave up 52 points combined to Mostert, Wilson, and Breda. Week four, they gave up 48 points combined to Connor and Samuels. And week five, they gave up 34 points to David Johnson and Chase Edmonds. So they're going to put up a lot of points on Cincinnati. Start Leonard Fournette this week. Free nuggets. What do you got for sit of the week? Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. My sit of the week is kind of like yours, but for the Rams, but reversed, is any of the Jets wide receivers. And so you might be itching to play Jameson Crowder or Robbie Anderson after last week with Sam Darnold back. Jameson got nine targets. And like a total of 15 points. Robbie Anderson got eight targets, including the long touchdown pass for a total of 23 points. And so, yeah, you're like, okay, they're back. Jets are going to be good. But they're playing against New England. And the New England defense gives up the second fewest fantasy points to the wide receiver position. And they have been killing it this year. Stephon Gilmore is the best cornerback in the league. And so don't play them. 100%. Sit all those guys. <laughs> yeah. Who do you got? So my sit of the week, same same position, uh, going against the San Francisco defense that we talked about is the F1 Terry, scary Terry McLaurin. Uh, I mean, he still might break out and score a touchdown if anyone on the team is going to, but I think they're going to get shut down, possibly two field goals at best. I think they're starting um, White Boy again. Uh, White? <laughs> Case Keto? <laughs> yeah, Case Keto. I was going to say Cooper Cup. So. Uh, yeah, case, you know. They're both pretty white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think he's he's not going to be able to get away, rid of that pass rush. And so it's going to be an interesting game. So that's my sit of the week. Who do you got for 
DFS start of the week. Yeah, my DFS started the week. He was on a bye week last week. We've been waiting for him to come back. Smokey John Brown for the Buffalo Bills. He's at $5,500 on DraftKings right now. So he has a great matchup against Miami coming off a of bye week. And he's also someone you want to target to get on your team as his remaining schedule is very favorable playing Miami again in three weeks, I believe. So John Brown this week looks great. 5,500 bucks. Build your lineup around him. He'll be solid. Free nuggets. What about you, Dom? My guy, um, I didn't check his value, but it might be creeping up because he's been having a couple of good games. But I got uh, Corton Sutton, and he's going against KC this week. Um, he's going to eat. Everyone's been eating against KC as far as receivers go. And uh, I think he's going to have a big game. I said Emmanuel Sanders was going to have a big game last week, so I apologize if anyone picked him up. But uh, go with his counterpart this week, and I think you're going you're gonna to be happy. I'm predicting two touchdowns. Free nuggets. All right, so any any waiver scraps that are still left out there after waiver wires have have ran, or anyone that you might might want to stream for this week, Dom? Yeah, in case you didn't watch Monday Night Football, the story of that night was another Packers receiver, Alan Lazar. Free nuggets. He's only owned in twenty three percent of Yahoo leagues right now. He flashed. Uh, Aaron Rodgers said he had confidence in him. He rallied for him to get in the game and then the guy produced so uh if you got a chance and you you don't want to start terry and you're looking for maybe a streamer in the slot position give him a look who do you got tommy i have daniel jones who's only owned in 31 percent of yahoo leagues so he's out there uh and he can play, he's playing against arizona and arizona gives up the second most fantasy points to opposing to opposing quarterbacks and they gave up an average of almost 300 yards and three touchdowns per game. So with Golden Tate back, I think Daniel Jones can have a nice game this week. Free nuggets. Tommy, it just popped in my head. You were asking me what we should do for our jersey giveaway to our listeners. I oh. say whoever listens to the podcast and then tweets at us how many rushing yards they think Daniel Jones is going to get against the Cardinals, whoever gets the closest, not – Monopoly or not a price is right rules. Whoever just gets the closest gets the jersey. What do you think? Rushing yards? Rushing yards for Daniel Jones. And then the jersey is uh for Evan Ingram, a signed Evan Ingram jersey from Pristine Auction, free to you for just guessing how many rushing yards Daniel Jones is gonna get. One caveat though, the winner, the winner has to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. And and send us a proof, proof of the DM, and you'll be redeeming that prize. But whoever gets the closest, that jersey is yours. You have to tweet it too, right? You have to so tweet it's, it. It's on record. You have to tweet it. I'll put out a tweet, and I want to see it in the comments, what you think his rushing yards will be, and we'll pick the winner after the game. Sounds good. Love it. So any, uh, any trade targets that you have uh, looking for for week seven or moving forward for the rest of the season? Want to trade? Nah. Why not? I like mine better. Wait here. I'll give you all this money for the Dorito. Um, I kind of been slowing down in all my leagues and trying to just, you know, see where my team's at right now. Kind of settle in, you know, not panic trade away. I feel like I've I've overcame some adversity. You know, I have a turf toe injury with um, Adams and. Uh, Todd Gurley didn't play for me, and I still got a win. You know, with my bench guys that I came in, I put Larry Fitzgerald in there. I put um, Jordan Howard, who only got me four points, but still contributed to the win. So I I would kind of say, you know, what our guest said a couple weeks ago, just kind of bite down, don't do any panic trades, and just uh, if you really, really are hurting your own, you know, five or six at this point, and you need to make moves, do some two-for-ones that we've been talking about. But I don't really have a guy I'm targeting. I'm sure you do. Tell me, who do you think? Well, I have someone that I would recommend trading away uh, for some high value, and that's Devontae Freeman. Free nuggets. His usage has been up the past few weeks, and his fantasy production has steadily increased. And with a great performance last week, his best of the year, getting 26 fantasy points in PPR, 
it's the perfect time to sell high on Freeman, in my opinion. And his remaining schedule after their bye week in week nine is an absolute gauntlet for running backs because he's going against the top 10 stingiest rush defenses. I think weeks 10 through 15. That's a, that's and it's a great stat. And it's only in week 16 where it uh, lessens up uh, against Tampa Bay. But that whole stretch in November and most of December, it's going to be rough for him. So I would try to trade him away while his value is high right now. The hardest thing about selling high, and I know everyone goes through this, is like you don't want him to keep, you know, increasing, increasing, increasing. And you're like, oh, I just traded away Todd Gurley. Right. Two years ago. (laughs) You had some PTSD from that one, dude. (laughs) Yeah, man. But that's what it is with trades, though. You know, like you are, you have to give up a trade piece. You have to give up something for for sure. Get it back, you know. And I think that's with looking at that schedule. um, I I think he's a perfect trade piece, especially for a two for one deal um, or or someone, you know, like a a nice receiver of of equal value. But, you know, because of how it's looking now, I think his value is at all time high this season right now. All right. Well, let's. uh... Let's roll right into some uh, Super Friends League talk if you want to wrap this up. Oh, yeah. The Super Friends League. The first matchup I see on here is number 10, Arm Rodgery, versus number 6, Stand Up Collins. Uh, let me go to the league page. Arm Rodgery is 2-4, and four, and Stanton Collins in 6th place at 3-3. Three three. Who do you got in this one, Tommy? Well, this is the Aaron Bowl, the first one of the year. Um, yeah, so looking at Arm Rodgers team, we have Tom Brady, Tyler Lockett, Alvin Kamara. You know, if Kamara doesn't doesn't play this week, that's definitely going to hurt his chances. And and Derrick Henry at his flex has just kind of steadily been doing what Derrick Henry does. You know, and just a quick free nugget out there to anyone: uh, you might want to pick up Derrick Henry, try to get Derrick Henry by December because the last two Decembers have been excellent for Derrick Henry. So with that said, I think I'm actually going to go with stand-up Colin this week as long as Amari Cooper starts. If Amari Cooper plays, I think he has a great great matchups with uh, D-Hop, Cooper, uh, Breda. And, you know, Breda's in a little bit of a weird situation right now in that backfield with uh, Tevin Coleman back. You know, but you got Marlon Mack coming back from a bye and Hunter Henry returning to Hunter Henry greatness. So... I'm going to go with stand-up Colin this week. Yeah, um, I agree for two reasons. Um, first reason, I think Marlon Mack is going to eat against Houston. I think they might have the best offensive line in football right now, and that's a guy I almost had as my start of the week. I'm really high on him this week. Uh, I don't own any Mack stock because of what happened with Luck in the beginning of the year. It literally happened right at our main draft, Crazy. and it just it shocked me away from – you know, missing on some good value on Mac and Ty, but that's number one. And number two, I just love crapping on Fosberg's team. Uh, <laughs> I've, been, I've been trying to to trade him. I, I think you know, since I guess since he's a Packers fan, but I really been trying to crap on Brady. He just doesn't seem like a sexy fantasy football player for me. Yeah. But do you know what his season rank is right now? Amazing, right? He's sixth overall. Overall, so that means there's probably only five quarterbacks that are ahead of him. Maybe uh, Christian McCaffrey might be one, so it might only be four quarterbacks ahead of him. And I think so before I last week, I think he was at like four or number four or five or something. Yeah. So I can't, you know, I can't fault him for that for, you know, sticking by him. I actually looked at the stats. I'm like, oh, I got to stop arguing. But <laughs> the, the thing I really, I really think, you know, you have my handcuff. He didn't do crap uh, when Todd Gurley didn't play. I think it's time to drop Malcolm Brown. If you don't have Todd Gurley, there's no reason to have him. Obviously, I'm saying that so I can pick him up to have my own handcuff yeah. for free. But, you know, I really do think that if you don't have Toggle on your team, there's no reason to carry him anymore. He's not fantasy relevant. And, uh, yeah, Kamara being questionable scares me. So that's why I'm going with uh, Rapoli. Let's go with Dumpster Fire. Uh, John's team at two and four, currently in ninth place against Noble Savages, currently in second place at four and two. Who do you have, Dom? Um, I'm just going to ride the momentum and go with dumpster fire. Uh, I, I feel like I always pick against Vince and that's because t- Vince team is just, it's super solid, but I always, you know, I always see an upset. I don't know why, but I'm going to go with John. I like, like I said, I like Houston versus, I mean, sorry, Indy versus Houston. So he's got Brissett and the TY stack. I, I really like that. 
I'm not worried about David Johnson's back, and he's going against the Giants. I think he plays well, and then Kittle's going to eat for sure, yeah. for sure. So John made some good trades and improved his team when his when he was 0-4. He listened to the podcast, so I'm going to ride the momentum and just keep picking him until he loses. Who do you got? Yeah, I got I got dumpster fire as well, and definitely he needs he needs to keep that team name uh, going two and zero the last two weeks. So, uh, and I think the one of the biggest reasons why is he has New England's defense. You know, so they have a nice matchup again this week against uh, the Jets, who give up the second most fantasy points to the to defenses. And and as good as Noble Savage's team is, his wide receivers are just not sexy. They they don't do it for me. They're you know, they're not even boom or bust. They've just kind of been disappointments this year, unfortunately, because Allen Robinson and Brandy Cooks are good receivers. They just haven't really been putting together consistent. It's because, it's because his running backs are just so good. That's why Zeke, Ingram, and Fournette, that's the best three combo in our in our league for sure. Yeah, that's definitely solid. So And then uh, he has Kelsey, so he missed out, you know, on some early receivers. So that's why he has those hurting receivers, but well, I, I agree, not sexy. When you have a surplus of running backs, you should trade for a number one receiver. And like all I'm saying, you know, <laughs> help your team out, Vince. Free nuggets. Free nuggets. He's got the Chicago defense too, and I don't think he's going to play him against New Orleans. I think he's going to play Minnesota versus Detroit, which might be. I don't iffy. know. <laughs> I would roll with Chicago, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. Free, free nugget. <laughs> All right, so we'll roll into the next one. Um, this is, I think, this is important up for both guys. We got number seven, uh, the Godfather, versus number three Mexicans. Jeff's also sitting at three and three, just outside the playoff spots. And then Steve's also at three and three, but he has almost a hundred more points than Jeff, or he does have more than hundred. Um, so who do you got in this one, Tommy? I'm gonna go Mexicans. Easy win. Uh, I, I think because uh, Josh Allen, he picked up Josh Allen going against Miami. That's going to be awesome. And then his big three of Michael Thomas, Cooper Cup, and, oh, now he has Golden Tate in. I didn't see that. But he, Godwin's on a on a bye week this week. Uh, but then, you know, he has one of the best running backs in the league right now, Dalvin Cook, and and Darren Waller, who just got paid. So I'm loving uh, all the guys he has on their team. Great matchups. Uh, the only tough one is Michael Thomas against Chicago. But it's Michael Thomas. You know, he's still going to be consistent. So. I'm going to go Mexicans in this. Knowing how Tate performed last week and that he's going against Arizona, do you have him over what you said your star of the week was, John Brown, uh, Buffalo versus Miami? Yeah. Or do you double stack him in the in the slot? Is that a free nugget, or do you leave Tate in there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, especially because he picked up John Brown. I Yeah, I would slot him in uh, at that flex spot. Uh, John Brown against Miami. Miami gives up the ninth most fantasy points to the wide receiver position, whereas Arizona gives up the 12th most. Um, Golden Tate's definitely the number one back on that team. I just think John Brown is a, has been a little more consistent. And, yeah, it's just Miami, you know? And, and, and It's magic, bro. Fitz magic starting this week. Yeah, so maybe it's a little bit more of a shootout, you know? And and yeah. uh, Xavier Howard was out last week, so monitor where he's at. If he's going to play this week, it's definitely going to be a little bit tougher. But, yeah, definitely I think that's a free nugget. I don't think I've ever seen a defense rank 17 points free, <laughs> like in Yahoo. I think that's the highest ranking I've ever seen. I mean, I'm sure Chicago was, like, higher than at, at one point. But, yeah, going against Miami, that's another thing. I've seen yeah. higher scores at the end of the game, but, like – Never that like 14 15 at the most. Yeah. Yeah. Miami gives up the most points to the fancy uh, defenses. So, yeah. Well, I'm just going to pick against you on this one just so we're not the same every time. Um, I like some of Jeff's matchups a lot. I think Carson Wemps on a Sunday night primetime game at Dallas, I think he plays better on the road. I really do. I think he's going to shine that game. And then Keenan Allen has to bounce back, he can't disappear. The only thing I'm worried about is he's starting Gordon as well, and Gordon called for more touches. So I think if Gordon eats, then Allen's going to suffer. It's going to be hard for both of them to eat. But if Barkley comes back, he's going to go off against Arizona. Like They might give him five touchdowns if they're close enough and they're driving the ball. So I I really like those matchups. So I'm just going to – it's a close one, 137-134, but I'm going to go Godfather. 
Yeah, and he's also uh, rolling with Evan Ingram against Arizona. Arizona gives up the most fancy points to the tight end position, but the one thing they do well is slow down the run. So they actually only give up the seventh, uh, the seventh fewest fantasy points to the running back position. So it'll be yeah, it'll be real interesting. And he's got a lot of guys on the same team, so I think they're gonna affect each other, like you're saying. And yeah, I'm still liking Mexicans, but you know. Yeah, I, I did play Jeff last week, and I felt like I was on a buy. So for me to pick him this week, I think, is just because I love picking against Steve. We'll jump into mine. Number one, I said Watson versus number five, uh, Matt and Time to Eat. Uh, I just want to preference this before I let you pick that Matt is my nemesis. Uh, so who do you got? <laughs> I thought Matt was my nemesis. So I guess that definitely stopped. Uh, well, you're just... right. He's not my nemesis. He's your nemesis. And, but <laughs> did you claim that? But I can never beat Matt. Like he always is the it's guy happened. that I just can't seem to beat. Yeah. So anyway, looking at the matchups, you know, I think there's a lot of maybes uh, on I said Watson's roster with, with Devontae Adams and Gurley. You know, if they're going to be 100%, if, if Adams is even going to play in the month of October, uh, our buddy Jax Falcone, uh, Dynasty Game Theory from from Twitter, definitely doesn't think that that Adams is playing in the month of October and that you should just pretty much set him and plan for, for him being back in November. But with that said, if, if he's in the game, if Adams is good, if Gurley's good, then I'm liking what I said Watson has to offer this week. And I think... Uh, time to eat is kind of reaching a little bit with uh, starting Robbie Anderson against uh, New England. Definitely my sit of the week, but he does have Eckler that might be losing touches to Gordon. He does have Aaron Jones against, against uh, the Raiders, but I don't think it's going to be a good matchup. Yeah, I said Watson all the way on this one. I got a question for you, and I kind of know the answer, but I'm going to set you up just you know and to help think through a fantasy situation. So I have Corton Sutton right now in my flex and he plays Thursday night. If I plan on playing him, it'd be smart for me to move him and into the receiver position, correct? Yep. And move Devontae Adams who might not play. So it gives me the flexibility to play either receiver or a running back, correct? Right. Yep. That's what I would do. I was thinking through that while you were talking. <laughs> um, I'm going to pick myself too, even though I know I'm going to lose just because of what I said. But uh, like you said, if Devontae Adams doesn't go out, I moot Corlin Sutton up. I can put Larry Fitzgerald, who I got, for his floor. I know he wasn't going to be sexy, but I think he's 11 points all day long. If he gets a touchdown, he could spike into the 17 range. And then, uh, you know, I like Jordan Howard versus Dallas. Dallas, sometimes they can stop the run, and sometimes they're giving up huge chunks. So I can always move him into the slot, too, or start him in case Gurley doesn't go. So I like my tight end matchup, Zach Ertz at Dallas as well. Uh, I'm just going to go with myself. Big game from Robbie Gould at Washington. Robbie Gould. So that brings us, I feel like I've hosted the last three, but since it's your own, I'll, I'll bring it into existence. We got all the way up to number four, <laughs> rising himself up, Christian Minglers versus number eight, the Expendables and Art. Uh, Art is two and four, looking to get it on the winning side of things, and Tommy has moved all the way up with his point total at two, three and three, just below Mexicans mm-hmm. at 857 points. Yes. <laughs> um, I'll pick first since you're in this matchup. I'm pulling it up. I usually pick against uh, Art just because, you know, the questions we've had at tight end. Yeah, he's got – I'm worried about the tight end position. He picked up one of Houston's three tight ends, uh, DFLs. I'm higher on – Atkins than I am on defense. So I don't know if he's improved, but he's that's what happens. That's what, how weak that position is. He's got Vance McDonald at no game, and I wouldn't even know if I trust him. So I'm going to go with uh, Christian Minglers on this one. Tyreek Hill tomorrow night in Denver either has a giant game giant or, game. or you know, doesn't show up on the stat line very much at all, but it has to be a giant game. And then stack that with Matt Ryan and what he's been doing. And then can you imagine if we go to Green Bay and beat Green Aaron Rodgers? Like if the Raiders Aaron, go to Green Bay and beat Aaron yes. Rodgers? Yes. Oh, I could like, see it. <laughs> we have beaten Chicago and Green Bay, and it's it's going to be a large part because if we do win because of Josh Jacobs. So yep. I like your matchups. So I'm I'm going with you on this one. Yeah, I like my matchups too. I think Tyreek Hill definitely is going to have a big game. Needs a big game. 
Um, the one guy I'm kind of hoping does what I'm hoping he's going to do is Devin Singletary coming back from that injury. Um, I think he's, I think he's going to be back. I think he's going to be fine. I saw him running today. I saw a clip uh, on Twitter of him running in practice. He looked great going up against Miami's defense because of the second most fancy points, the running back position, Austin Hooper. And because, because expendables refuses to trade for a tight end, that's going to severely help his team. I'm going to start two tight ends against him with Austin Hooper and Mark Andrews because Mark Andrews at Seattle, uh, Seattle gives up the fifth most fancy points to the tight end position. So I'm going to love it. And I think he's hey, going to do well. Let me help you out. Since your slot is a little scary, starting another tight end, I'll take Christian McCaffrey off your hands. You okay. can have like one or two players, yeah. I guess, if yeah. you want. Sure. I mean, so nearly asked, like they asked for Christian McCaffrey. I told him, hey, just let me look at your team, take anyone I want to take, and as many players as I want to take, and then you can have Christian McCaffrey. 100%. Yeah, we can always make that happen. That's a, yeah. that's what it's going to cost, just, just throwing it uh, out there. Would you do that with Art's team? Uh, yeah, I, take I would take and I take Julio. Actually, yeah, I would. I would. Julio, I would Elon, I'd take Boyd. I'd take Hyde. I'd take like his whole starting roster just for my bench to give up Christian McCaffrey. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> just kidding. All right. So that's that's the pickums. Uh, I don't think we're keeping tally this this year, but um, I went back and listened to all the pods and. Wow, I'm undefeated. I'm like 14 and 0. Nice. Uh, Tommy, you're nine and out of five, and Steve is one and 13. So that sounds right. A lot of ground to catch up, Steve. Uh, Good luck. See what happens when you miss the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone, that that does it for this week's show. Uh, Before you log off, make sure you rate and review the podcast so other people can find it easier, and make sure you tell your friends about your secret to fantasy success listening to the two-on-one crew. And remember, you can always hit us up at the pod's Twitter handle at two-on-one FFB podcast for all your waiver wire trades and start and sit questions. And you can find each of us on Twitter. I'm at TMO 52 underscore. I'm at East mode 24 and, and Steve is at FB savant 70 75. All right, everyone. Thanks for stopping by and listening. Peace. Yay, yay, yay. Bad boy good.